Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Caleb, alongside virtually through a stream, um, with not seeing each other's faces now because we've had some technical difficulties. This is our third restart, guys. It's doing pretty, pretty well. Um, here with Sasha, uh, bad vodka I drank in Fleischmann's. Is that no, no Tartov, Tartov, Sasha Tartov, good yeah. Good old, good old car crash, which is a good way to describe <laughs> the USU 23s. This is the one because that was the perfect transition. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, golden. Golden. Absolutely golden. Yeah. Uh, I had a little hope, even though we lost 1 0 to Mexico right after our last podcast. Uh, but then we lost in the game we needed to win 2 1 against Honduras. Both mistakes coming from our goalkeeper, Ochoa. One at the end of the second half, or first half, one at the start of the second half. Our only saving grace was a great long shot from Jackson Ewell. But sadly, we will not be at the Olympics. So go U.S. women's team. Exactly. Uh, Honduras and Mexico, congratulations to them. Uh, they'll uh, be in the, at the Olympics in Tokyo, the 2020 Olympics in 2021. Um, David Ochoa, I heaped lots of praise on him last last time we recorded, and I took it all back. You've been an enemy for life, David Ochoa. An enemy for life. Anyway, uh, <laughs> moving on to some Minnesota United news, just some brief preseason stuff. Um... Read the Charleston Battery nine nothing. Beat Columbus Crew five to one, and Cincinnati three to one. Um, this is all done in Orlando and much morning games. And I think it's pretty safe to say that we're gonna win the league. I don't want to overreact or anything, but I mean, come on. In, in three games, we we won by a combined score of seventeen to two. I mean, come yeah, on. If, if if we're not the clear favorite above everybody else, including the current champions, uh, I don't know what's wrong with MLS. <laughs> exactly. Um, former Loons player uh, Ish Jones signed Portland Timbers and made his debut tonight in the for the Timbers in their Concacaf Champions League draw with Marathon. They tied that game two to two. Um, so first Minnesota United player to play in the Champions League is Ish Jones. Um, also, Loons signed their first round draft pitch Justin McMaster and Nabil Timanducci um, to senior contracts. So not the signing we're waiting for, which is Roman Abila, who we're still waiting on to be confirmed by the team or by any by Jeff or Jerry or Andy or Bridget or any of the beat writers around the MLS. Um, so still wanted that one. Maybe next week. Who knows? Um, also, what happened today was uh, their first sale of their uh, of the first package. So t- group tickets to their first package of games, um, or the first month or so of games at Allianz Field. Um, apparently it went very poorly. Um, I didn't even see the email because it went to my spam folder, but I saved myself a headache apparently. Which brings us to our first question from our Slack channel. You can join our Slack channel by going to patreon.com slash fans and uh, uh, supporting us at the $3 tier there's you access to our Slack channel and you just ask, ask us questions each week. Um, first one comes from Mike D. Hi, yeah, uh, why do we still use SeatGeek? And I just want to point out, just please direct all your SeatGeek hate to Colin Solberg. I'm just kidding, please don't. He's had a rough day. Um, if you see him at Blackhearts when we're all vaccinated, buy him a drink. Anyway, uh, some quick MLS news, some very great news from MLS for once. Uh, a concussion sub rule, su- sub rule. Sasha, you're pretty excited about this. 
Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's a great move forward. We're implementing uh, the rule that you can have two additional subs outside of your five regular subs if there's a sus suspected concussion on the field. Um, the opposing team can then match that sub uh, regardless of how many subs they have they have made. Uh, try to keep the, the rule fair and prevent people from abusing it. And uh, I think this is a, a great progressive step forward for the league. Yeah, I, I agree. It's part of FIFA's. They're like they're trying this out in a bunch of different leagues. I think Germany is one of them. Um, I I don't I can't I can't tell you any others, but hopefully this is something that is uh, implemented worldwide. It's definitely needed with the number of prevalent head injuries in soccer games. It can really help someone's uh, playing career if this was an option for them. Um, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, CONCACAF Champions League kicked off today. Portland drew their game to Marathon 2-2. Two two. Uh, Atlanta is down to 10 men after Brad Guzan was sent off near the end of the first half. Um, they're winning, however, 1-0, I think, as I last checked, um, against Alahu... Oh, man, I butchered this the first time, too. Alahulense? Yeah, I'm... I think that's pretty close. Okay, yeah. okay, let's go with that. Um, they're still up one nothing. Um, due to a uh, Ezekiel Barco penalty. Um, Brad Guzan, though, will be out for the second leg of that tie. Um, before we get into our Eastern Conference rundown, um, we do have, we're going through every single Eastern Conference team. Um, we're not going to go through every single signing from each team, because that would take forever. And as I said before, this is our third attempt of doing this, <laughs> this episode. So, um, we, if, you, if we miss a, a signing, please don't tweeted us, tweeted Colin Solberg. Because um, if you're not giving him a CTK, just be like, why did they forget this? And he'll like, what are you talking about? And, you know, just don't tweet at us about it. Actually, actually tweet at Sasha about it. Try, try to find them. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you, you're free to tweet at my profile as much as you want. <laughs> um, so our first question, our last question of the episode from our Slack channel comes from Eric. Uh, hi, Dad. Which expansion team from the last couple of years will have the best season? Um, this is uh, Cincinnati, Nashville, Miami, or Austin. I think the safe money's on the safe money's on Nashville. To be honest. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. They uh, they have that. They have the confidence in knowing that they're good enough. But I think they also have that uh, need to prove it to everybody else, like they did in uh, playoffs last year. So. They're probably the safest bet. I would also be willing to bet on Miami. I know I got burned by that before, but I I think maybe maybe they could turn it around one within one year. I'm I'm not as high on Miami. I don't know if Phil Neville is a good coach or not. I don't think Blaze McTweedy is good. But I the one thing that Miami and Austin Cincinnati have going for them is that they play each other couple times so they can get points off of each other hopefully um yeah I, that's the one thing i'll be in, in the eastern conference you have to play all the bad expansion teams i don't know cincinnati might be good I'll, i'd say nashville then cincinnati then miami then austin if i had to order them then best to worst i don't know um let's move on to our Official Eastern Conference rundown brought to you by We Call It Soccer and Heineken, maybe. Um, did, we, did we get them? I don't think we got them, actually. 
No, we didn't even get the Sawney water, man. Okay. Well, I'm drinking a Lajanitas IPA. So, it's brought to you by Lajanitas. They won't hear this. Lajanitas. Anyway, um, Atlanta United. Um, first thing we'll cover, we're going to alphabetical order. So, this isn't like, oh, we have Atlanta first. It's not. It's just by alphabetical order, unfortunately. Um, Joseph Martinez is back. I think that's the biggest question here facing them. A new coach as well, Gabriel Heinze, Argentinian coach who I would compare to like a Bielsa at Leeds with aggressive full pitch press and proactive possession. Um, the biggest question though, of course, is Justin Martinez. Once the I think Golden Boots winner and Golden Ball winner of MLS out early last year with a torn ACL. Big question here: Can Joseph regain? Uh, did his form back from when he... Uh, I phrase this horribly. How healthy is Joseph? Is the question. How healthy is Joseph? Can he perform like he was before the injury? Yeah. And I think Joseph is the kind of player who is... It's mind over matter. He'll do whatever he needs to do to get back in good form. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he also is the kind of player, I think, who was angry when he, A, doesn't get to play, and B, when he, when he does play, if he doesn't perform at his standard. Uh, he always, you know, he either has that crazy happy look or that crazy mad dog look. Uh, so you, either, I, yeah, I, you, either look yeah. as a defense, you, you should be terrified. It's like, yeah, oh no, he's and, happy. Uh, oh no, he's mad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm worried that he could have what Jordan Morris has, which is like a re- re- return player of the year and like pull off, maybe not a record breaking, but definitely like a leading goal scorer for the team. Yeah. And that's definitely a ceiling is probably top player of the year, top goal scorer. Um, interesting to see how he fits into the the system that Heinz is putting in, and it sounds like it's, it's gonna be very physical. The full pitch press and proactive possession. Will Will his knee hold up? We will we'll, we will find out. He just made his first appearance in the Champions League at Champions League as a sub with like twenty minutes left. I don't think he's, he he hasn't scored though. Um, moving on to Austin FC, the only expansion team this year. Um, most of their marketing has featured Matthew McConaughey, who, uh, Sasha, I don't know if you know this, does not play soccer. I don't think he's even, even been in a movie about soccer. Not that I can think of. No. Unless there was like a, like a penalty shootout in Interstellar. I don't think there's. No, there's confused that baseball and but not soccer. Ah. Anyway, um, I mean, we. If we went through all the roster moves, it'd be their entire roster, and we'd be here until next week. Um, the biggest question facing Austin is: Are they going to be a Cincinnati or a Nashville? Are they going to be a two-year-in-a-row wooden spoon winner, or are they going to be a surprise first-year playoff team? Yeah, um, I think. I hope I don't regret saying this. <laughs> I don't think we have to be afraid of them being a another Atlanta. However, I, that danger always exists because in my mind, Texas teams have like like this the secret stash of money that they use to like I don't know get get hot at, for playoffs mm-hmm. at the right time. I don't know what happened to Dallas's. Uh, maybe they <laughs> they lost they lost where they you know they they buried it in the desert. But yeah, I I think they could be this the the ragtag team of like players with experience from other teams put together right, mm-hmm. and now they they they. They kind of have that momentum that Orlando had, so hopefully they don't have the same results they had the first two years of like 
a good culture and people are excited by the team and what looks like a very engaged supporters group. Yeah, right? it's, it seems like they have a really good base of supporters at this point and like a good like grassroots marketing campaign, which is kind of ironic because there, there's roots on their logo. But uh, I, I'm, I'm leaning more towards Cincinnati. I haven't, well, it's hard to tell just, you know, you haven't seen Austin play. None of their signings have been like huge to me. Uh, I, probably Alex Ring is probably, I think, their best signing so far, and he's a defensive midfielder, which is kind of the route the Nashville took last year. So I think if they focus more on defending and just hope that the goals will come, they'll be around the playoff spots at the bottom, like fighting for that last playoff spot. Um, but if they just go for all-out all attacking football, they're going to be just tore open by a bunch of other teams in the Eastern Conference that we're going to talk about. One of those teams that should... I, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was saying, I agree with you that, that this is a league that's hard to hit the ground running, especially as an uh, uh, expansion team. So. Yeah. Unless you spend the big bucks right away like Atlanta did. Um, that's, that's the team on our list is the Chicago Fire, who I think have announced that they're going to do another rebrand, but next year? So they're still stuck with their generic logo for this year. Um, they signed three forward Madison players, which is kind of cool. Chris Brady, Alex Monis, and Alan Rodriguez. Um, also signed Stanislav Ivanov, center forward Chinozo Ofor. Um, unfortunately, CJ Spawn, who was a big part of their offense last year, have, has left, and their young, bright star, Georgie Mihailovic, is off to Montreal. The biggest question here is, can they be more solid at the back? Uh, Miss United fans are very well aware of the Chicago Fire fans' ire with uh, Francisco Calvo in their back line. He, he, he made so many mistakes, and this isn't like because I hate Calvo. I don't hate Calvo. I, don't think I just don't think he's a good player. And we've seen in four years of MLS that he's not a good player. And he can just, he's lackadaisical and is prone to making very uh, costly mistakes for his team. And I think that's the biggest question mark going for Chicago is are they. Can they show up the defense? I don't think so. I think the only time the defense is actually effective is sometimes at home, but never on the road, which like you, that's where you need to be picking up points if you have a potential fortress at home. Um, they haven't spent the money. I don't think they've made the right moves to solidify that defense. So I, I don't want to speak ill of Ford Madison players, but I think first year transfer over to MLS, it's – they haven't progr- they as a team have not progressed enough to match all the moves all these other teams around them are making. Right. And I mean, we love Ford Madison. They're a great club, they have a great culture, but those three players moving up two leagues from USL lead one to MLS, which is a huge jump in talent and so it's gonna be hard for them, I think, to break that match day squad. Moving on to the our defending champions, Columbus Crew, and the Rich did Richer signing Kevin Molino and Marlon Harrison, Perry Kitchen, BWP, Emmanuel Boateng, and then Alejandro Matan. Um, lost whole players to Austin FC, including Hector Jimenez and Sebastian Bearhalter. Um, the biggest question, though, I think for Columbus is how are they going to fit all their attacking power into one lineup? 
Of course, they have Lucas Larion, Pedro Santos, um, Jesse Zardes. Uh, I think Fernando Adi is still there. New added BWP and Emmanuel Boateng and Kevin Molino and Marlon Harrison. It's like, who's going to start? Yeah, that is. Uh, do they experiment with the lineup? Uh, and Or do they just kind of just to do what uh Chelsea's doing right now, which is like switch it up every game. So like you're constantly keeping your opponents on your toes and everybody is such high quality. Like th- here's the thing. Molino and BWP for their age, they have so much experience and they have proven now beyond a doubt that they can score in, al- in almost any game. So like you have two super subs you can use all the time. That's a crazy advantage. So yeah, I think they're going to be able to maintain their attacking power. Yeah, I don't, Doubt that they'll store goals. They have so much firepower not to. It's just, can you keep everyone happy with their with their playing time? And like Kevin Molina went to a team where he thought he could win trophies. Is he going to be happy with a lesser role? If they're still winning. Yeah. I mean, if I was Kevin Molina, I wouldn't. I think <laughs> I would be, like, even though you, you are the new guy, I'd say, like, you, I, I have earned my spot. Or maybe maybe that was part of his deal. Is like he wants the playing time because he proved himself in Minnesota. Oh, absolutely. And we saw him make that link with Emmanuel Reynosa. Yeah. Can he do the same thing with Zillarion in uh, Columbus? Who knows? Yeah. We'll see. Um, moving on to their, the other team in the Hell is Real derby. Um, FC, FC Cincinnati um, brought in Brenner, started from Flamengo, who... Um, one of the most expensive signings in MLS history. Also signed Lucho Acosta from Atlas after twining his rights from DC United. Um, Acosta is the player who, in that famous clip where um, Rooney is the one player tracked back and tackles, I think it was Will Johnson of Orlando, and then curls the ball from midfield into the box, and then Acosta is the player who heads that in for the win over DC, over Orlando City. One of the best highlights of all time in MLS to be, to be honest um, so not all is well in Cincinnati however Frankie Amaya former number one super draft pick reportedly wants out of Cincinnati there's a whole thing there where Cincinnati it, has accused other teams of tampering and it's a whole thing read about it on The Athletic I think Paul Tenorio did an article about that a big question for Cincinnati is who scores the goals um, last year, they brought in Jordan Lacadia from Brighton, who I think had one goal all year. They brought in CM De Jong, who had zero goals all year. Um, solid defensively, or I guess more solid than they were in their first year defensively, but it didn't transfer to wins, so they couldn't put the ball in the nets. Yeah, and this this massive transfer, or like record-breaking transfer, is like, Kind of, it's it's all in on like the third year of either you're going to be a dream team, and the bar's really low for them. All they have to do is like make playoffs, and they'll have already, you know, they'll say it was worth it. Mm-hmm. Or they're going to be, they will be like the eternal meme team if they don't make playoffs <laughs> after this. Like, it's, <laughs> I I have to say is like I I feel sorry for these fans, but like if you guys start getting goals, like you'll it'll, it'll taste like the best thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, it, I'm, I'm so excited to watch this MLS season, and I can't wait. And it's just going to be like, are they going to be good? Uh, I don't know. Like, you're, I think Jordan Latadia is still there. So does he come on this year and score goals? Signs point to no, but who knows? Um, 
Uno de Club de Foot, Montreal. Um, Darion Henri left right before preseason. Uh, Wilfred Nancy stepped up as head coach from assistant coach. Um, part of the big design is Georgie Mihailovic from Montreal. Still a pretty young number 10 U.S. international player. Uh, big question here. Can Nancy pick up the pieces that Henri left? Uh, obviously, Henri was building towards something, but left supposedly for family reasons. Still rumors that he'll take the Bournemouth job. Um, can Nancy keep his job after this year and make this team his own? Yeah, um, I think he's confident in the staff he has around him. He brought up his U23 coach, Jason DiTulio, to be his new assistant coach. So you have familiarity there. Uh, so that's one less question he has to ask. As for the team, I wonder if he can inspire them and convince them that they're a winning team. Because I've for years I've watched Montreal and never thought of them as like a team with a willing culture. So if he can do that, I think they can make playoffs and and have a better year than last year. Yeah, so many so many question marks. This MLS season is going to be insane. Uh, DC United, we have team Paul Ariola back from Swansea. Um, he was on loan there, left early because of a quad injury. Um, a couple of strikers signed by DC United, Nigel Robertha from uh, uh, from Bulgarian first division side, Levski Sofia. Um, he's actually eligible to play for Curacao's national team, and he has Netherlands youth caps. I uh, also signed Johnny Bolivar, uh, 19-year-old forward from Deportivo La Guaria from Venezuela. Um, they will be without their starting defender, Steve Birnbaum, from the first couple months after knee surgery um, back in March. The big question here, I think, for DC is, can Julian Gressel get his groove back? He made the switch from Atlanta last offseason, really had a very underwhelming season by his standards. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think he can. Um, I, and even if... I don't think he can be that linchpin that, that switches DC United back on. I think they're kind of a team that's like fallen to the wayside and they're going to continue being left in the dust. I, I, I see where you're coming from. I think he's a player who really benefited from being next to Miguel Amiron and Jose Martinez and Ezequiel Barco at uh, Atlanta. It's really can the players around him play better. Because remember early on last year, Paul Ariola was out for a long time with injury. Um, can Roberta, who they just signed, can he be that guy that to link up with Gressel so he can get back on that, get, get back on those assist columns and those goals columns that he was in Atlanta? I think it's more about the players around him that he can feed off of, and I don't know, I guess a, a rising tide lifts all ships in DC. I don't know. <laughs> uh, moving on to Inter Miami. Uh, they lost Will Trap and Juan Adelo to Minnesota. Nice. Got him. Mm. Sergeant Miami. Uh, ben Swett went to Austin. Edge Adela Darzo went to, I think, New England. Yes, that's later. Lead win went to v- Vietnam. And Andres Reyes and Roman Torres also left. Reyes, I think, was oh, he was signed by... New York Red Bulls. Or, yes, Red Bull. That's right. So that was also later in the, in the notes, wasn't it? Ah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they also have... Um, a, uh, a new coach in Phil Neville, former England women's coach. And 
I don't know. I think as of right now, they still have te- technically have four DPs on their roster. That brings us to my big question. Is Blaze Matuidi good enough to jump through hoops for? He was just... There were some uh, weird things around this signing that Emerson was investigating during the offseason. Um, everything came back kosher, I guess, where they allowed him to be a DP. But the problem is they have four DPs on their roster right now. And I watched that playoff game when they played against Nashville. Blaze Matuidi was really fucking bad. Like, uh, MLS really isn't a retirement lead, lead anymore, but it is for some players, you know? <laughs> I definitely agree with that. Uh, and if I had no if I had no knowledge about soccer, I would look at these these players. You know, Iguain, Matuidi, Pizarro, these, it just sounds like a roster of names that are fun to say as a character. <laughs> but, like, not necessarily a good team. <laughs> it's like, it's like... It's like buying three different like cool looking Lego sets. Be like, there's no way for these Legos <laughs> to work together, or like, or three different like brands of like off off brand Legos, and like uh, trying to assemble the pieces together. That'd be a better analogy. Yeah, and uh, they've had such much so much uh, roster turnover that can can they gel as quickly with their new teammates? Um, can Robbie Robinson live up to his number one draft pick hype? As is Miami still wishing they played, they took Daryl DK in the first round instead of Robinson. Who knows? They probably think, do think that, to be honest. But I don't rate Miami that much, and I could be, I could be wrong in saying this, but I think they're gonna be really bad. I think they're gonna be really yeah. bad. Uh, well, there's a little bit of hope. They they invested in in rebuilding the defense. Uh, they got you know a defender from Stoke and Club Tijuana, and they spent four million on Brazilian. Central defensive midfielder named Gregor, I believe. That's how it's spelled. So, there is hope for them. <laughs> I am Gregor. It's like, alright, dude. It's uh, Groot's European cousin. Brazilian cousin. Uh, European name, but yeah, but yeah. Uh, Brazilian. Brazilian cousin, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, the surprise of last season, Nashville. There's uh, uh, not a lot of roster turnover. I think that's good for them. I think they have a very solid base of their roster, very, very solid core of their roster. Still have Defender of the Year, Walter Zimmerman on their on their team, who was their best offensive player, which brings me to a big question. Can the offense perform? Can someone on the offense store more goals than Walker Zimmerman did? Uh, that is a good question, because as, as soon as you're like mentioning that, all I'm seeing is just... Walker Zimmerman running and crashing the box to like score headers, mm-hmm. you know, offset pieces and things. Uh, I think so. I think yeah. I think there's a their their playoff run last year is a great motivator, so they will be inspired to try and repeat it. Um, nothing, nothing's more dangerous than a hmm. a potential team that's hungry. I think. Yeah, and I, Hani Mutar had some glimpses of some really good quality, especially in the in the playoffs before they were knocked out. So I would. If he didn't make that step to be more consistent in the regular season, then watch out. We're going to the New England Revolution, who signed Icelandic international winner Arnor Envy Troutsesson. I don't know much about him. It's just fun to say. He should, he should play for Miami. <laughs> Almost fun to say names. Also, a, uh, AJ De La Garza, a most veteran from Miami, and also uh, Houston and the Galaxy. Um, I think the big question here, their offense is pretty is pretty fantastic with uh, Carlos Hill and 
Gustavo Bo and Adam Bushka. But I think the most exciting player is Tajan Butanen. I don't remember saying his last name. Tajan Butanen, I think, maybe. There's a Dijon mustard. Tajan Butanen, right back slash right winger, Canadian youth international who really came on in the in the playoffs last year, and I think could be one of the best players to make the jump across the seas. Yeah. Um. Every, you know, once in a blue moon or every six blue moons for me, uh, you get an MLS team that will find a magical, like, uh, offensive pairing. Will Tajan be that for Gustavo Bo? I think. Uh, because that's that's kind of how they, their most dangerous threat, right? The guy who kind of could pulled off, not miracle shots, but, like, very impressive shots for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, yeah. If they, if they, ha- if those two have synergy, like, you got, you better watch out. And, a smaller, but also equally as important question for New England. Uh, can Carlos Hill stay healthy? Who knows? Uh, moving on to New York Red Bulls. Uh, coach Gerhard Struber, who um, is off of Nakatomi Plaza and is done interrogating John McLean, apparently says the team is ready to take down a winning identity, which, sure, I, what coach doesn't think that? It's uh, such a weird uh, thing to like. We're to move. We're 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 have winning mentality. It's like you better be teaching your players that, otherwise you shouldn't be a goddamn coach. Yeah, but I think this is getting regurgitated, not regurgitated, repeated by the the players, right? Because this is the team with a history of winning multiple supporter shields, and so I think they honestly believe, like Caden Clark and Kyle Duncan are returning with this team. They believe that they can be winners this year. Um, they've also have Brian White and Tom Barlow, two goal scorers. Returning, getting reinforced by uh, Samuel Teta from RB Salzburg. Uh, and all those players are either 24, 25 years old. So they're in that golden range for goal scorers. Um, they also got Andreas Reyes, as we mentioned earlier, from Inter Miami to kind of like reinforce that defense. And that's what they really need to do. They need to score more goals because last year they were a team who was like a team of almost. We almost scored goals. Yeah. But they gave up too many and they ended up with a negative two goal differential. So uh, I think they'll be better. You mentioned them earlier, uh, Caden Clark. Is Caden Clark still in New York after the summer? He's been already linked with moves overseas. How true those rumors are, who knows. But he definitely has the... He's young. He's like 17 or 18. He has that kind of it factor. Um, he had a splash in his first games at the New York Red Bulls last year. Does a team like Salzburg snap him up? You know, that's, that's probably where he would go. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe New York will get to hold on to him for at least maybe 18 months, but I don't think he's going to be in North America after 24, like 24, uh, 24 months okay. from now. Yeah. I, 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 I'll agree with that. I think this year he still stays in MLS to play. Even if he is signed, I think he'll be loaned back. Um, as we went to the, across the river to Brooklyn and New York City FC, uh, the Pigeons transferred to Joe Staley to Borussia Mönchengladbach. Gladbach tips Fedora. Uh, they also signed Chris Gloucester from PSV. Uh, his youth international wanted to dip more game time. Wasn't dip making the the uh, breaking through at, at the Netherlands club. Um, big question here: Who fits into the Alex range size hole in midfield? Is it Joe Sands? Can he make the passes that Alex Rain played uh, made? And also, can he be that kind of pit bull in defense for them? 
Uh, New York City is kind of aging up front with Matthew Morales and aging at back with Chanel. Can their youngsters step up? I, th- I think uh. Keaton Parks can probably make that step. He looks pretty good. I think Sands won't be as good as Ring, to be honest. I think that's a huge pickup for Austin. Very underrated pickup for Austin. I. It's it's it can be hard for Sands to fill up. I think, but yeah, I do think. Going forward, I think their 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 strikers have enough to them. I think Chanel is still a very good defender, and Sean Johnson. I think is one of the most underrated goalkeepers in the league. That's a. I don't know. I'm. I guess I'm high on New York City FC. I didn't realize that until we started talking about them. But I'm. I, they're gonna be really good this year. Yeah, I, I, I also appreciate Sean Johnson, but like, can this team shake off the the playoff game against Orlando last Ooh, year? Oh yeah. That's like that's the question. Like that's when your strikers are like going up for PKs and your your DP or your international like hits the crossbar and then you lose on the sixth goal. Like, I mean, yeah, it's a fresh year, a fresh start, but like. I don't know. I, I don't think New York City is going to have a better year. I think they're going to start dropping this year. Moving on to the other team that they lost to, Orlando City SC. Um, Daryl DK is still in England. Um, reports say that Orlando City won't accept a bid that's less than $20 million for him, which seems insane until you realize he's doing pretty well over there. Um, they did sign Brazilian forward Alexander Pato from Sao Paulo. Um also on Dutch attacking midfielder oof, Sylvester van der Water, which is very fun to say. <laughs> yes. Um, um, I think big question, can they repeat their regular season successes from last year? They played very, very strong possess- possession game and it led them to two f- uh, f- the final in the MLS back tournament and to their first playoff appearance in club history in MLS. And they were almost like, they were pretty close to winning that game against, uh, who did they lose to? Oh shoot. who did they lose to? Columbus, wasn't it? Uh, did Columbus. They, yeah. They lost Columbus. Columbus. Yeah, yeah. Of course. To beating Columbus. Uh, but in that game, they lost to Columbus. They didn't have the possession. They were kind of bullied off the ball. Can they be the bully next year? With the possession game, can they ha- repeat their regular season t- success? Yeah, um, honestly, I think this will. It, it's hard to put down on one player, but I really think it does go down to Benji Michelle playing all out and not getting injured because Daryl DK was part of the reason that they got a lot of scrappy wins. Like you can see that he was that he was a pivotal player about what he's doing in Europe. So Benji Michelle has has the speed. We saw him with the U twenty threes. He was getting subbed in. And he was blown past all these people who are, you know, Mexican and Honduras players who are supposed to be in their prime form for their season. And he was beating them off the ball. Mm-hmm. So he has to be scrappy and he has to fill that hole. And maybe with this new signing, Alexander Pato, they can, they can have the same, like, uh, same attacking threat and, you know, get those wins. Move on to the Philadelphia Union, our penultimate team in this Eastern Conference rundown. Um, you put the Bedoya Brat Pack. Uh, yes. I like that. Okay. Uh, they did sign six players who are 19 or younger from either their Union 2 team or their academy. Also signed 20-year-old central midfielder Leon Flock from FC St. Pauli, uh, born in Texas, raised in Germany. Um, 
they still have a pretty solid core. They did lose Mark Mutenzi, Brendan Aronson, and Andrew Wooten to Europe. Um, the big question is, can they refill their losses with academy players? Can those academy in, players make this step? Yeah, uh, I think in one year, no. But if there's academy that could do it, uh, Philadelphia is definitely one of them. Um, I think it's still a lot of pressure to put on, you know, 17, 18, 19-year-olds. Uh, but our 19-year-olds have been, like, popping off in this country. So maybe, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on it. And that brings us to our final pl- team in the Eastern Conference rundown. Sasha, it's been 30, 37 minutes since we started, and that I think we did pretty good to keep this under oh, yeah. 45 minutes. So our last team, Toronto, um, Greg Vanny left for the Galaxy. They signed Chris Armors as their coach. Not a whole lot of roster turnover that was notable. The biggest question for Toronto that it's kind of been their question for a couple years now: How much do Josie, Michael Bradley, and Omar Gonzalez have left in the tank? Yeah, it's it's not 2014 anymore. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I, I, in Italy, yeah, in Italy we saw older players who have had a resurgence. I don't believe. I don't believe Omar Gonzalez will have one. Jo- of those three, I think Josie's probably the most likely to, but even he has like started to look more lethargic. Um, uh, uh, Josie's, the, the, if he wasn't so injury prone, I would think he, when he's on his game, he's one of the best strikers in MLS. Mm-hmm. I think he has the most left in the tank out of these three players. I think you're right that I don't think Omar has a whole lot left. I think. When they signed him last year, I was kind of like, really? He's not the Omar Gonzalez of 2015. Yeah. Um, Michael Bradley, this is I think this is his last year as to do something in MLS. Um, he's, what, 35, 36? Do not fact-check me on that. I'm, I'm guessing that. 35, 36. But I don't think he's... He doesn't have the legs anymore. I... I don't know. I, there, I, I don't know how much he has left in the tank, and that's why the biggest question mark because he's such an important piece. Uh, he's been such an important piece of the Toronto puzzle for a long time. Yeah. But we're bringing in so many young American kids, and we're also bringing in so many Argentinian and Brazilian midfielders. How is Michael Bradley supposed to compete with that at his age? This is going to be a year he's overshadowed, and the skill gap is going to show, I think. <laughs> You're going to hear first. Michael Bradley will retire on the pitch. <laughs> and we'll move into our first official segment that will be recurring throughout the MLS season. Uh, since there's going to be a lot of games and we're kind of Europe is and the world is trying to take a back seat, we put this uh, um, segment in that I totally stole from Ten Range Radio, the Minnesota Wild podcast. Um, but instead of face-off, it's called the penalty shootouts, where we'll just hit some quick news notes from around the league. Um, Sasha, why don't you start, start us off with that first one? Uh, some some good news. Uh, Andres Kudela, who racially abused Rangers player Glenn Kamara, was elbowed in the face by Gareth Bale. Uh, he might be a Tottenham player, but I can definitely support that move. <laughs> uh, uh, Kudela has been ruled out for Slavia Prague's Euro League uh, game against Arsenal. If he had set foot in the UK, he would have probably been questioned by Scottish authorities. 
Um, yeah. As he should be. Yeah. He is quote unquote so. injured, and I don't believe that for a goddamn second. Um, unless it's his. Unless he's like sewed in stitches in his eyebrow from that elbow. It made me like Gareth Bale for a split second. It's like, ah, oh, nice. Um, Juan Tala of Cadiz racially abused Valencia player Mutar Diotibe. Um, Valencia walked off the pitch but ended up resuming the game with Diotibe on the bench. Tala released a statement saying he didn't racially abuse Diotibe and offered to explain why he said why he, but he said it wasn't offensive. He also said that people were taking this out of proportion and that he felt like he was being lynched and also threatened legal action against Diotibe and Valencia if they didn't apologize to him, which is fucking bold as hell. Uh, Valencia released a statement in response saying, in all caps, Juan Tala, we don't believe you. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he definitely went full Trump on there with first off having to explain why he wasn't racist and then taking the offense of saying, I'll sue you yeah, to shut you up. Pretty much. So it's, 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 yeah, <laughs> so it's, it's pretty clear what he did was wrong. Uh, big props to Valencia for walking off, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as we mentioned earlier, D- Daryl DK is uh, blown up over in Europe. He's on loan at Barnsley, uh, and he has seven goals in ten games. Um, we mentioned that the rumor is Orlando has been has rejected bids that rose to ten million from foreign clubs. Uh, they want that twenty. United? Yeah, yeah, they want twenty, which is, I mean, they tried. That would be historical. Yeah, it would. Um, Neymar was sent off in PSG's one nil loss to lead own leaders Lille. Um, Lille, kind of the favorites now to win the lead. Um, PSG floundering, Monaco even kind of surging up behind them. So, watch lead on. They're running out of money, but at least their title race is pretty good. Hertha Berlin has sacked its goalkeeper, uh, hopefully I'm saying this right, Zolt Petri, after he criticized his fellow Hungarian, uh, Red Bull Leipzig goalkeeper Rupert Glaski? Glaski. I think. Glashy. That's right. Uh, for Glashy's support of LGTP issues. Uh, he also said that immigration leads to the moral downfall of the Christian continent. So cool I can guy. say along with Hertha Berlin. Yeah. Cool guy. <laughs> yeah. Here's your pink slip and there's the door, motherfucker. Like. <laughs> yeah. It's like, sir, this is a Wendy's. You can't say that. Uh, do you want fries? I just asked that. <laughs> Please stop saying that. It, yeah. Um, also... I liked Robert Lashi a lot more than I did before. Mm-hmm. Lovable Hungarian giant. Hun- Hungarian giant who's like, I I just think of him as like the dad of the Leipzig team because he's like, he's like 10 years older than everyone else. <laughs> 40 year old looking over a bunch of teenagers. <laughs> I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> and finally, our last news bulletin. Uh, Caleb. Olsen does a double in the Wheat Soccer Derby this weekend. Liverpool beating Arsenal 3-0. And Eintracht Frankfurt beating Borussia Dortmund 2-1. Sasha, comment. Uh, will you go for the triple when Minnesota United faces the Sounders? Oh, you're fucking kidding me. And looks like I just lost Sasha. He either hung up uh, or due to okay. being so mad at me for winning the Wheat Soccer Derby or he... Or the storm knocked his power out, which is a possibility. It is storming here tonight. Um, so I will give us give you guys our uh, socials and everything, and then we'll call it a day. We again, I don't want to try to record this episode a fourth time, but uh, you can find me at we all Caleb FC on Twitter. You can find me at 
uh, Twitter Instagram at TWO United Fans. Um, I think, uh, what is it? Sasha's on Instagram at Alexander Sorsloth, I think, if that's still his handle. Um, thanks to our lead commissioner, uh, Eric Olson, for supporting us on Patreon. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash TWUnitedFans. Um, special, special thanks to Tectonics, release of, our, of their song Lustless as our theme music. And as always, shout out to the mad villain, MF Doom. Rest in peace. Feed me with your bitter lies, my 